So, Eric. Yes. I'm wondering if you can describe for me this picture. Okay. Well, I just took off my glasses, naturally, but I can see it well enough. It looks like it's a watercolor. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was... If it was originally painted in black and white, it looks like it was, and not that this is a black and white photo, but I don't think you're, that's what you're asking. So. <laughs> not at this particular juncture. <laughs> um, so that, I'm, I'm assuming that must be Martin Harris based on his girth and not Oliver Cowdery. Also is, has wait, the wait, chin wait. beard. Is, is uh, Martin Harris known for girth? This isn't something I know Well, he's, he's an older fellow than Oliver Cowdery. Oliver Cowdery is young. He's Joseph Smith's age, and, and Martin Harris is middle-aged. He has a mortgage. So okay, one would expect him to be more girthy. That's fantastic. Okay. Also the chin beard. And then uh, it looks like they're probably in the attic based on the angle of the roof. He's writing stuff down with a nice quill. Uh-huh. And on the other side, there's a gentleman with his head into a hat. And that's Joseph Smith, although other paintings I've seen, which is not many, uh-huh. may I point out, yeah. of him with his head in the hat. The hat's not quite that tall. That's a very tall hat he has. Okay. Joseph Smith was this, with his head in a hat. Um, so, when was the first time you saw a picture like this? I'm not sure. I think I'd seen um, Joseph Smith's head in a hat in a um, poorly drawn anti-Mormon website yeah. once upon a time. Um, I'm not certain. Okay. Um, it's a good question. I, I don't know. The first time I saw it from a church source was no earlier than 2015 when they released the photo of the seer stone. Okay, so the whole seer stone thing we're going to talk about a bit later. Mm -hmm. I actually think I just missed it. For some reason, I just, in 2015, missed the whole shebang. Uh So we're going to come back to that in a a bit. Um, The first time I ever saw this picture, and I've been in the church like my whole life, right? Uh, The first time I ever saw this picture was actually in class at the Berkeley Ward, right? Right. Sunday school. Sunday school. I don't remember who was teaching. You mentioned that you were there. I was there. I remember this. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So they put the picture up on a projector, right? Whoever what the teacher was. And um, I'd never seen it before. I don't remember even what the top was. It, was. was it the painting you're showing me now? No, or it was just a, a similar slightly one? different one. had color in it. was it. color. Yeah, I think yeah. I know which one you're speaking of. And, um, yeah, I'd never seen it before. I... Um, and then someone in the audience, they commented mm-hmm. that they never expected to see a picture of Joseph Smith. I also remember that comment. Yeah. That was the comment. You, you were talking about this, and I didn't remember it, but that comment is what triggered my memory, because I remember someone saying that. Yeah. So the question is, we're not going to, I don't think we're going to debate whether or not this is an accurate portrayal of what happened when Joseph translated various scriptures. You can talk about which scriptures he translated this way, right? Right. Which is interesting. That is interesting. But we're not... I don't know that we need to really debate the authenticity of this. This seems to be... He definitely stuck his head in the hat. He definitely stuck his yeah. head in the hat. There are plenty of contemporary <laughs> sources. That... What, was, what was he looking at? Uh, well, that's a that's an interesting... That's a metaphysical question. Okay. I mean, literally, if he, he was trying to seal his head off to not allow any light in, uh-huh. so... Physically speaking, he's not looking at anything. Okay. If he's successfully sealed off light, he can't see anything. Um, so whatever he's seen is is not, you know, quote unquote real. Mm-hmm. It's not the stone he's looking at. It's not the felt. Yeah. It's something else. Okay. So the question isn't um, isn't that this happened, but why don't we talk about it in the church? It's not very glamorous <laughs> for one thing. I mean, I remember as a kid seeing. Uh, paintings of what the Urim and Thummim probably looked like, because Joseph Smith tried wearing that. He, I guess he had found it uncomfortable or something, but, you know, with the breastplate yeah. and, like, like wire metal something or others coming out with rocks in front mm-hmm. of his eyeballs, uh, not 
They're James described Dean's as like cool, kind of thin rocks, right? Yeah, three and one, like, and that looks ridiculous. It does, but at least you get to see his face. Uh-huh. It's bad. It's bad hero worship to hide the hero's face. <laughs> that's a good point. So, I haven't thought of that. Which is why not many heroes wear glasses. That's right? that's true. Yeah, <laughs> or they take them off when they pull out the cape. Yeah, when they're being awesome. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got another picture here. Okay. Um, this one might be more familiar to you. I don't know if I've seen that exact one, but I've seen ones very, very similar to this one. So in this one, there's a there's a cloth. How is that draped across the? Oh, it's two separate tables they have here. There's two separate it's tables. Like, they yeah. look like school desks. They each have a kerosene lamp. Although, were they using kerosene in 1829? All the all the shows show kerosene. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I I mean, it, it makes sense. I just I, kerosene is a byproduct of making gasoline today, but. I think gasoline used to be a byproduct of making kerosene. <laughs> that makes sense. Or it was it's some other product. Maybe it wasn't kerosene, but there's some product that gasoline was a byproduct for, and they would just leave it out to evaporate. I assume they were just making that's candles the all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they were just, that's what they did when sorry. they were having fun, is just sorry. making candles. Got to boil down some. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Joseph Smith has got suspenders on. He's concentrating deeply. His, his hand is on his forehead, and he's staring down at the gold plates, and, and Oliver's writing stuff down on the other side. He's more in shadow. Yes, this is this is Oliver because he's less girthy, right? That's the idea. that's right, and no no mutton chops <laughs> and or no chin beards. So. I see. All right, and that's there's correct. a you know a curtain between them, some kind of blanket. Okay, now this is the picture mm-hmm. that I saw when I was a kid in the church. Yeah, right? versions of this. This is what I saw. They're always you know Joseph is looking very studious. Um, there uh, sometimes there's a blanket and sometimes they're not between them. Sometimes he has a urim and thumb on, and mm-hmm. sometimes he doesn't. And he, sometimes he's pointing at the thing he's trying to translate. The most common one, I believe, I don't have data to back this up, but I believe the most common image of the translation with Joseph and Oliver in the years leading up to 2015, the years immediately before 2015, mm-hmm. were Joseph and Oliver with the plates between them and Joseph looking at them and Oliver writing, and which He's... is not historically accurate. Uh-huh. Why isn't that historically well, accurate? Well, as far as I know, we have no sources where Oliver saw the plates prior to the angel uh-huh. Moroni showing him the plates. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I didn't remember that. Yeah. And then, but you said then. Well, if you know, when we go live and we put these things on the web, people will be happy to tell me every time I'm wrong. So perfect. So I don't have to worry about making mistakes. Somebody else will correct me. <laughs> this image actually says at the top is to be used only for church purposes. I, noticed that. I pulled it right off of the church's website. So, so regardless of the when it was on the website, this, did was that part of the image visible where it says it, you can't use it? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So whether or not we're doing this for church purposes only is an interesting question. <laughs> That's, yeah, that, that is an interesting question. Don't at me. <laughs> So, I knew about the seer stone. I'm not sure when I first heard of it. Um, I first, I mean, I think I knew it existed prior to my mission, but in my first area, um, a uh, a fellow I thought was an AP, but I recently interacted with him on the web, and apparently he was my zone leader. But he uh-huh. came um, to our apartment, and his dad uh, was one of the, worked in the church history department. Um, he was. Elder Omen, and he is currently oh, old man. Do you, yeah, do, do you know Nathan Omen? Mm-mm. He's kind of a he's kind of known in internet Mormon circles. But okay. Anyway, he wasn't at the time because mm-hmm. none of us had email addresses. Apparently, there are internet <laughs> Mormon circles. By the way, yes, I'm only recently discovering this. Oh well, <laughs> that that's there are certain plural there are plural circles. A plurality. So, um, but anyway, that's when I first heard about it because his dad took him to the church. Um, I don't know, which, whichever building it was where they stored these things and showed him the seer stone. And from that point... Wait, showed him to him? Yeah, his dad took him in and showed him oh, the seer stone when he was a kid. Right, because it's under lock and key somewhere, right? right? So not just anybody could see it, and, I, and I've, I'd always wanted to see it from that point. 
All right. Well, I have a picture of the sphere stone. Why don't you describe this one to us? So it's beautiful, isn't it? Like, yeah. I'm so glad I've finally gotten to see it. A lot of people have used the word chocolate to describe it. Mm -hmm. I don't really like that description. It looks more like a tiger eye to me. Yeah. Only it's it's larger, I think. Um, Doesn't have quite the same effect. paintings. Here's a painting um, that an acquaintance of mine made mm -hmm. uh, of the sphere stone shortly after the photo was released. I see. So the, in 2015, the church released these documents, right? It was a... The original manuscript of the Book of Mormon, right? Right. I think it was... The first print, third, first or second... I didn't look this up, but it was, it was also, I think, coincident with um, the Joseph Smith Papers release that was related to translation. That's right. I believe that's right. Right. And then the egg-like, small, tiger-eye chocolate. Yes. Right? Which sounds it like is, a breakfast It is such a beautiful cereal. stone. Like, no wonder he kept it when he found it. Like, right. If I kept it, too. Okay. It looks polished. You, yes. Is there any information about that? Did, did they actually, Not that I know of. Did Joseph like spend time polishing it? I, I don't know. Did he find it? Maybe it? translation is naturally polishing. Maybe it is. It's yeah. just the just the act of seeing words. Looking at something on the stone that closely is like yeah. grit. It's like yeah. it is. I think that's <laughs> what happens. Yeah. I have no reason to believe otherwise. Yeah, I don't hear. So it's gorgeous and smooth. Yes, yes it is. Alright. So Joseph Smith was just with his face in a hat. Yes. This is this is what really happened. So we sat there... At least, I believe, for the majority of the translation. Of Not the Book all of, of it. Of the Book of Mormon, I believe. Should have looked this up, I guess. But he also did it, I'm pretty sure, when he was translating the Bible. Maybe exclusively with the Bible. I don't know if you know that. I didn't look this up. Well, it, it seems kind of unclear. I think there's plenty of information out there mm -hmm. on various websites. Sure. About what he, how he used it from and on what. The question is why. Why... Okay, so here's the quote that I have. So in... Oh, that's the one I was thinking of. Oh, that's the one. Is that D. Parsons? Who? Uh, oh, it doesn't... Sh oh, the author name's on this side. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's other Some pictures guy. of uh, jo Oliver Cowdery and Joseph Smith. This is the um, Ensign article that came out with... Oh, okay. The, and we're going to include a, a link to this. This is Joseph the Seer. That's the one I'm on online, but yours is the PDF, which this is, is much better. It has the pictures. Mine does not have the pictures. And it's nice and large. And you can see the printer's manuscript and everything, right? So that came out. And then on fairmormon.org, there is a quote from President Nelson. Oh, let's hear it. Incidentally, uh, it was Del Parson who, I was close with the name, Del Parson who painted the one I was talking about before that it's historically nonsense. Uh -huh. And Casey Jack Smith is the guy who painted the seer stones shortly after. You notice none of, these, none of these pictures in the Ensign article have his face in a hat. Oh, wait, I thought this was the, you said this was the one. This is the 2015. Oh, you're right. There is there, are there no hats? Oh, this is one of the ridiculous, I had this book, this uh -huh. one with Joseph Smith wearing the Urim Thummim. It's very silly. Mm-hmm. And there's one with the blanket stretched between them, right? Yes. It's, the beautiful, it's a beautiful stone. We should have been showing it off all this time. Although we don't like being... We, we, we've gone through this stage where we... Where it was important to us to be weird. Then we wanted to not be weird. So things like the seer stone disappear. And I think it's kind of coming back, right? And I think, I think we don't President mind. Nelson really wants us to be weird again. <laughs> Although I don't know that getting rid of the word Mormon is, is definitely pushing us that way. Mm -hmm. But here's the quote. Otherwise... So this was from, uh, let's see, this is from President Nelson, 
and uh, in a 1993 talk, and he's quoting David Rittner. And he said, mm. Joseph Smith would put the seer stone into a hat and put his face in the hat, drawing it closely around his face to exclude light. And in the darkness, the spiritual light would shine. A piece of something resembling parchment would appear, and on that appeared the writing. One character at a time would appear, and under it was the interpretation in English. And he would read it off. So, as far as I'm concerned, this it's doctrine, right? Well, I mean... David Whitmer's as good a witness as we have. <laughs> Literally. I mean, yeah, he's in the book. <laughs> We're supposed to trust him. I mean, even though he left the church, he never he never backed down on any of this stuff. Right. He seems like an okay guy. I find this topic incredibly interesting because I feel like at the heart of being LDS, Latter-day Saint, <laughs> member of the church, Mormon, is this underlying strange story. Right of the golden of the this golden is pretty Bible. Key. This is this is our Iliad, right? Yeah, right. It's the golden Bible. It's Palmyra. Um, it's um, Brigham Young. It's the trek across the plains, and at the heart of it is this magic, right? Yeah. Where did the book come from? Where did the book come from, and uh, what's what actually happened? So, I just find it fascinating that we just didn't talk about it. So, why didn't we talk about it? Well, in your your upbringing, you didn't hear about this, did you? I I don't. The thing is, like, and maybe this is just a matter of of um, my age. Not that I'm old, but but there there's a time in life where every new bit of information is associated with a moment, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and those moments come one after another, and you can put them in order. But now that I'm in my early forties. I have a harder time sorting things in the order I originally learned them. Mm -hmm. So I I believe I knew about the Seer Stone prior to age 19. Okay. But I'm not positive. And I don't know when I first heard about uh, the, the face in the hat. And because uh, sort of the nature of my testimony is that it's okay not to know things, I yeah. believe that... that I very much believe that faith is not knowing things, and that's, that's okay. And so finding out new stuff is not very troubling to me personally. Um, and because of that, it's not very often where I get hit by a bit of information um, hard enough that, it, that it, the moment it appears is significant. And this, this fits in that category. It's something that's cool and it's interesting and it's strange and it's definitely not something we talked about very much when I was a kid. But did we not talk about it at all? I don't know. Well, I just didn't even know about it. So that's, that's kind of why I want to talk to, a, to you yeah. about this about this particular topic, because I'd never heard of it. <clears throat> well, can I tell you a cool story about okay. you haven't heard? Yeah, go ahead. Um, tell me a cool story. So, uh, Joseph F. Smith, he's like, I believe he's 16 when he gets sent on his mission to Hawaii. Okay. And, um, and while he's gone, this girl who had a crush on him uses her seer stone to check in on him every now and then and see how he's doing. Oh, no, that's interesting. In early Utah, there was a lot of, like, folk magic going on. There was okay. a lot of seer stone stuff. A lot of people had seer stones. Um, really? Yes. And so, so in, I think in today's narrative, it's largely like Joseph Smith had a seer stone and that was okay. Hiram Page had a seer stone. That was not okay, Hiram. Put that thing away. Right. And those are the only two seer stones that ever were, and it's not true. The problem in Doctrine and Covenants seems to be that Hiram Page was receiving revelations for the church. Oh, he got yelled at in the Doctrine yeah. and Covenants. But if he'd just been getting revelations as to like when to plant his crops and, and uh, which chapter to read next in his Bible study, I think it would have been fine. And there were lots of seer stones in Utah in the early days. 
I, I don't know what lots is, uh -huh. but I would say more than one is more than we have today. Uh -huh. At least I don't know anyone who's using a seer stone to check up on their on their crush. I wish I was on their mission. That sounds fantastic. Okay, um, I so I did a bit of reading. What I saw this described as the difference between the little tradition and the and the grand tradition. Okay. Okay. So without me saying anything more, what do you think? that that was that what that refers to yeah so i have not heard these terms okay. so i am guessing mm -hmm. uh it seems to me that the grand tradition would be um joseph smith is a prophet he saw god he translated the book of mormon he is um he restored the priesthood and now we have a church today we cross the plains we have the, pro the prophets and apostles continue to the modern day. I would assume that those really large strokes of the grand yeah. tradition and the little tradition, was that the other? Yeah. I think tradition. little tradition are the details. Mm -hmm. and, the little, and the details, of course, historically they don't change, but the way we think about them changes. And there's a while where in our attempt to be really normal white Americans, we ignore things like Joseph Smith sticking his head in a hat and looking at a rock because that's weird. I mean, looking at golden plates is weird, but translating the golden plates when you're not even looking at them when they're not even out, so this that's is the weirder. Thing that, I, that I keep coming back to, right? I'd like to. We're going to come back to the little tradition thing. Um, where were the golden plates when he was translating? Were they just like in the? This is the part that's a bit a bit strange to me. Of, yes. of a very strange story, but this is the part that is the strange bit to me. I'm listening. Where are they? I, so he's looking. Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> why even have them? <laughs> it's a great... Yeah. It's... It's interesting. A lot of the early conversion stories, uh, the Book of Mormon... I mean, Joseph Smith didn't send out Samuel, his brother, as the first missionary until there were Book of Mormons to carry with him. Okay. And, and you read a lot of the original uh, conversion stories, and it seems like... People are converted not so much by what the Book of Mormon says or by what Samuel Smith says, but by the fact that there is physical proof that Joseph Smith is different from other people who are claiming to have seen God and are preaching a gospel. Okay, he's got a golden plate. And a... here's the translation. Yeah. These are two physical items, and only one of them can I actually see and hold, but it exists. I always found that very compelling. It should be, yeah. right? It, it, It's so far outside normal experience that it... If it's not compelling, then either you're not taking the possibility of the story at all seriously, or you have a lot more wonderful things happening in your life than I do. Yeah, it's worth, I mean, it's worth every now and then just thinking about it, right? There's angels involved, right? You know, visions and... Yeah. Um, okay, so so Joseph has his face, face in his hat, and there's um, Oliver Cowdery or Martin Harris sitting there writing down what he, what he writes down. And then the golden plates are where in this... In this exchange, I, I I honestly don't know. I do okay. know that sometimes, especially in the early times, like the golden plates were there when they were using the Urim and Thummim, and when he first puts away the Urim and Thummim, I don't think he always had the seer stone. He, if I remember correctly, um, he said that it was easier with the seer stone, but sometimes he translated without anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, I think those things came later. Like he started, it, 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 there was a learning curve there, right? Yeah, so. Right. Some kind of prophetic learning curve. Sure. And at the end of the day, he he says that he's put away all these things. Now he's just a prophet. Right. Like when he starts giving the revelations and the Doctrine and Covenants, right, at this point there's no stones, from what I understand. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think there are exceptions. I think the stone was used sometimes, but but, it, but I think most of them just came. At this point now he's got it, right? Yes. Whatever it means to have leveled up as a prophet, 
you know. I think that's correct. He's definitely leveled up. That's like it later in his life, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. So little tradi- little tradition versus great condition. That uh, tradition. So uh, the way I heard it described. Uh, so there's an article here, and I can quote the article. Um, it's cited by Fair Mormon, um, and that's what they use. They say the idea is that at some point in the church, all we wanted was the great tradition, right? And we wanted to just kind of reject these roots to not think about them and we didn't preserve this tradition about this rock it's true um, i'm glad it rock, still existed this rock exists right there's a photo of it right now we have photographic evidence so, okay where is the rock now is it's there, still in salt lake and salt, you still can't see it i was it on display for a little while when they first i don't think it's ever been on display i don't think it was on display i think all we have is the photo and, i believe that's correct and i read an article about the photographer and and but I don't remember the details of what it was. Um, it was very uh, bunny suit like. What like, does that mean? Oh, like like you know in a in a, um, in a silicon in a chip fab factory where uh, you have to put on all the fancy I clothes see. before like it wasn't quite. You didn't actually wear a real bunny suit. I was going to say because that would make the proceedings yeah like awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like as <laughs> come hopping out in a bunny suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little stone with a little egg. <laughs> okay, that's our new Easter tradition. That's We've right. Got... That's a great idea. We need to hide. We need to chocolate hide. eggs that are like discolored. Yeah. Egg. We'll you leave them. them out of the sun and then freeze them so that they have that coloration, <laughs> right. and then and we'll go hide them outside for the yeah. Berkeley like or like the the Easter thing, <laughs> and uh, we'll go find the seer stones, kids. That's a really fun. They're idea. made of chocolate. It'll be great. <laughs> okay. I'm sure the church will be delighted when they hear about that. <laughs> Photos not to be used for anything other than church purposes. <laughs> yeah, so w- what point are they going to put this in the... Oh, you wanted to see this other picture here. Emma as scribe. Yeah, right. So this is another picture on, that the, photo before. on the um, on the Fair Mormon website. Right, it's not a photo. I mean, it's probably... It's a, it's a photo it's a of a painting. painting but... a, so um, Emma as scribe by Robert T. Pack. And this one, I think, is just lovely. I really like this photo. Um, so what do you see? Uh, once again, there are two people sitting at the table. Um, this time, the blanket is not separating the people, but it's covering the plates. Joseph has his hand resting on them. He has his uh, nice gray felt hat. It's a nice hat. Mm-hmm. His head is not currently in it. Uh-huh. Emma's writing things down. Look like looks like she's on the second line. So it's Joseph and Emma. And the thing I like about this is it it kind of resolves that earlier comment, right? Where is the Book of Mormon and all this proceedings? It's there. It's under a blanket. Mm-hmm. He's got it next to him. He's got his hand on it. And uh, did Emma really assist in some of the translation? Do you know I don't about know. This? I don't know. Uh, if it's, I mean, you would think Fair Mormon wouldn't put this on the page unless mm-hmm. you would think they would do a better job than that. Um, it really is a great article on Fair Mormon. Um, let's talk a bit about Fair Mormon. Um, okay. Uh, just if we're going to use it as a source, I think maybe we should we should talk a little bit about it. Um, uh, have you? I, it's been around for a couple, for a while now, a right? A while, yeah. yeah. I don't know exactly how long, but a while. All for right. Sure. Uh, this is their main webpage, fairmormon.org, and if you Didn't click it on, used to only be the wiki. It used to only be a wiki, and now they have conferences. What and, if I click on? Uh, click on the about, and about. I'll, I'll show okay. you. I'll show you what they say about themselves, right? So the idea behind it is that it's not, ch- not church-sponsored at all. Right. 
Um, we're not sponsored by them. No. <laughs> they and what they do is it's just a bunch of folks. Um, most I think are Mormon, but there are some that aren't, and they just write articles. And it's called apolog and it's called an apologetic website. Right. Which is, um, I guess, a technical term in, it is. in the theological world. Yeah. It means you've taken a side. It means you've taken. Oh, is that, oh, is that true? Okay. Essentially, it means it means you're you're explaining why this makes sense. Yeah. You're, yeah. I mean, I guess you could do apologetics for a religion you don't believe in, but there are, it's sympathetic. There are similar websites. Um, if you just start, if you do the, if you Google Joseph Smith hat, right, you will find um, immediately lots of websites, and and some of them are just straight anti-Mormon. Is that one of the reasons why you think that we don't talk about this? Is because this is one of the things anti-Mormons have used for so much time? I think that's a stupid reason, because every time we let anti-Mormons have a bit of truth that uh -huh. we don't talk about, yeah. then um, it becomes a testimony destroyer. Uh -huh. Okay, do you think it's a, I, I think I'd agree with you that it's a stupid reason. Do you think it's a reason? I think it is, yeah. Okay. I, think, I think it's been a reason for a long time. Ever since, um, and I don't want to come off as disagreeing with Wilford Woodruff's decision here, because okay. I agree with it, and I'm very much in favor of it, well, but I think you, ever, you, since, okay. ever since we did away with polygamy, uh -huh. we've been on the fast track to assimilation. Uh-huh. And... Um, I think it was probably the right decision. Oh, polygamy for sure. I, I, I'm sure we can cover that in another episode. But um, I'm 100% in favor of the manifesto. Uh, however, I do think that it it put us in a direction where, like, okay, anything that makes us stick out, let's get rid of it. And we rounded off so many edges um, and made ourselves so white bread pedestrian that mm -hmm. when Mitt Romney runs for president, people are like, is he too white mm -hmm. for America? And mm -hmm. There was a time where the question of whether or not Mormons were even even qualified as white was an outstanding question in in scientific circles in America. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Even qualified as? We ceased to be we ceased to be white there for a while, uh, according oh, we to were, scientists. Uh, oh, we were a race. We we became a race, and uh -huh. we and we fell out of whiteness. We had we never heard because of this. polygamy had polluted us. Um, uh, give give me a second. I will find the book you must read if you want to know about this. Uh huh. Shopping. Let's shop for Mormonism and polygamy. Perfect. I'll find it by the by the end of our chat. Just as one detail, there was a scientist, I believe he was from New Orleans. Anyway, he later reported back to other scientists in New Orleans and he came to Utah and saw that we had ceased to be white, that our skin was, when was yellowing. This? this would be uh this is pre manifesto. Mm -hmm. So it's pre Civil War. Um, I don't know, like our skin was yellow. Eighteen early eighteen fifties, maybe being baked baked by the hot Utah sun. Right, right, and well, the main thing was that um, being polygamous was polluting our gene pool. All that, all that sharing of essence amongst <laughs> multiple <laughs> persons was ruining the race. They weren't very good scientists. <laughs> no, no, there's there's not a lot of actual science going on. Um, and also, if if you look at Editorial cartoons from the era, you, yeah. the the Mormon polygamist with his long white beard was generally married to, like, you know, a zillion women, and they were all of different races. So the children, oh, therefore, really? were mixed, and therefore we were no longer white. Man. And we didn't like that. Like, uh -huh. Mormons wanted to be Americans, which uh -huh. is funny because we were in Utah because we left America. That's right. Um, in fact, I remember learning not too long ago that if you go and you watch an old-timey cartoon, yes. and you see a couple... Of people with the with the yeah going with their hands like flexing their fingers with the white gloves white gloves on with the beard and they're old and they've got the black hat those 
And you'll see it. You'll see this caricature, right? And it's a yes. bit weird. You never really think about it. Those are Mormons. All right? Yeah. Yeah, those... That's what that... And it was understood. Right, it was part of the minstrel show. Like, the Mormons were there just like... Just like the... Uh, just like the black characters and the Asian characters and the Jewish characters. We were just another joke. And we didn't like that. And we mm -hmm. worked really hard. And then a hundred years later, Mitt Romney's too white to be president. That's fascinating. So we worked really hard. So this is the adoption of the grand Right, and tradition. I think a lot of my personal disappointments with the church and where we stand today is related to this. Mm -hmm. um, an example, and we're getting kind of far away from head in a hat, but yeah, um, the... The women of the church used to very commonly give um, blessings, for instance. Yeah. And sisters from around the church would keep writing letters to Salt Lake saying, is it okay that we're doing this? Is it okay that we're doing this? And to the point where the First Presidency actually created a form letter that they could send back and said, yes, you can give blessings. Your sisters, like, you've always done it. It's fine. But if you ask for permission too many times, eventually you'll find someone who says no. Mm -hmm. And that's when that became something that fell out. Because why? Well, because Mormon, or excuse me, because women shouldn't have that kind of authority. That's not how other American churches do it. Mm -hmm. And so the things that made us more radical and peculiar and forward thinking have fallen out of the church because we wanted to fit in. And now we're kind of behind culturally in a lot of ways. If, yeah, if, we haven't caught up. If we had kept moving in the direction Joseph Smith set us on, we would who knows where we would be. Mm, that's really interesting. Um, oh, here it is. Religion of a Different Color and the Mormon Struggle for Whiteness by W. Paul Reeve. Religion of a Different Color. A lot of this stuff I'm, I was just saying is stolen from the presentation he gave and not from any actual knowledge I have. Ah, and here's a picture. This time I'm going to describe it. Yes, go ahead. Okay, so he's got a picture of a caricature. This is definitely a political cartoon, okay? It's from Life. From... 1904. Wow, from Life. Yeah, I love life. Okay, so there's life here, right? And it's wow, this is incredibly offensive. <laughs> Thank you. I tend to agree with you. Okay. Yeah, and it's got a tall man in a black coat with a white beard and a black top hat, and he's got um, children of all nine different kids. races, nine different races, and all a bunch of terrible. Take us, take us from left to right. Oh, I don't even know that I can. And if I could, I think I'd be embarrassed. But we've got everything from. Uh, um, Wow, Japanese, um, black, Dutch maybe. There looks maybe some, some native. Oh, some Irish or some Scottish maybe. Some Native American maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't know what this girl's issue is, but based on this, she looks like a pretty normal white girl, except for this incredible nose and eyebrows, which I think makes her um, Nazi propaganda. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Oh, okay. This is 1904, huh? 1904. Hmm. Yeah, you know, when I see this picture, I can really understand why those, why people 100 years ago, 112 years ago or whatever, 14 years ago, why they wanted to distance themselves from as much of this as they could, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, you know, people know us for this and that and the other thing, right? We're going to just stop talking about stones and magic, right? We're going to stop talking about... Um, these little old folksy traditions that everybody yes. had. Let's hold on just to, enough, just to enough of it to make yeah. us different. We're going to keep no more than that. We're going to keep the golden plates. We're going to keep, but we're just going to, we're just going to back ourselves away from all this other stuff. And then, and then now here we are, right? Where I feel like I'm rediscovering some of these things. And maybe There's so it's, much to rediscover. Maybe it's just me, right? Maybe. No, it's not. Absolutely. I mean, Everything I told you in the last five minutes mm -hmm. is something I've learned 
probably in the last 10 years, maybe a little longer than that, mm-hmm. but uh, it's now part of what I feel like it is to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. We are a people where, for a long time, women gave blessings. Where, for a long time, we had um, weird little crazy traditions like seer stones. And I'm not proposing we bring back seer stones. Yeah. But, and actually, here's one. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like this might be an experience you haven't had. Um, and I think this comes from spending the first 10 years of my life in small town Idaho, which is why I think I've heard of the Seer Stone before, because uh. little folksy traditions survive in a 1,000-person town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my parents came home from a adult session of state conference once with instructions from the stake president. So this would be circa 84, maybe. Instructions from the stake president that wives should stand in with their husbands when they're giving father's blessings. Oh, that's nice. Because that's the way we do it. Uh-huh. Um, I have not met anyone else in my generation who had that experience. Huh. Of, I do know I do know some people today where the wife stands in on on certain blessings, uh, but to them it's it feels very radical mm-hmm. and capturing something that's ancient. But for me, it's not that ancient because it happened when I was a kid. The stake president preached it from the pulpit. Wow, that's cool. All right, man, I'm into that. That's 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 neat. That's really neat. Okay, so so here we are. We've got all these old traditions, and so how do we how do we take this information? Like, what do, what do we do with this information? Um, do we start folding things like this into our lesson manuals? Right. So, for example, maybe not so much. I feel like this is the kind of stuff that they could put into seminary, right? Right. Or they could put into institute class, right? You don't have to all, you know, I mean, these kind of traditions are historical, right? They're not, they're historical, they're interesting, but they're not really relevant to your personal salvation, which is a phrase people like, right? But they, but they, maybe they are. I, I think, I think, I think they sort of are. Okay. Like, I agree that they're not, they're not vital to my Mm -hmm. personal salvation, Mm -hmm. but I think if we were a church where, um, women stood in in blessings. Mm-hmm. If we were a church where um, um, women in the church, in, in the temple, didn't make a covenant not with God, but only with their husband. Like, mm-hmm. like some of these scenes that, I mean, Joseph Smith and Brigham Young never wrote down the endowment because it was always supposed to be evolving. It was always supposed to be changing. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we had followed on the path Joseph Smith sent us on, I think that we would not have some of the issues we're having now with with women feeling um, that the church is not fully for them. And we would have, instead of having one of the higher rates of uh, people in their 20s falling out of church, we would have one of the lower rates. Mm -hmm. Because I think that the church as Joseph Smith it, well, I'm I'm obviously using my own biases here. I'm not going to pretend to say that I know what Joseph Smith thinks. But when I, the way I interpret what Joseph Smith did and who he was and what he was trying to do and the things he did, the, one of, maybe the most obvious example was um, the priesthood ban, which was not his. Mm-hmm. And he ordained people to the priesthood. And once Joseph Smith was gone, we started assimilating. It. I'm not knocking Brigham Young or John Taylor um or anyone else from that period. It was it was a difficult time, right? The army is marching on you. I don't blame yeah. them for the decisions they made. I wasn't they there. They just got scattered. But nobody had the vision that Joseph Smith had. Mm-hmm. He was unique. And I I like to think that if we were more purely 
Actually, in Joseph Smith's vision, some of the problems we have today would be less significant. Mm. So, I feel like um, speci- let's return to the yes, specifically to about the seer stone, talking about the seer stone and the hat, right? Yes. So, I I actually feel like um, that picture of the man with his face in his hat. I feel like it should be in. Um, I mean, how far back do we go? It should be in manuals yeah right primary should you you i wasn't quite out of it should be in primary right i think so yeah because they they have pictures in the you know the primary picture book of joseph smith and the plates like just throw it in there mm-hmm. just just being exposed to it makes it maybe not well it depends on how you define weird i guess but mm-hmm. it means it's not surprising mm-hmm. i think details like that shouldn't be surprising they should always be interesting and maybe you start thinking about them in new ways but you shouldn't be right. hearing about them for the first time and it's such a great little it's a literally an object lesson joseph smith right. had these so god started with what he knew right okay this is a guy he's young he's 11 years old right right and he knew about he had he had this tradition he had these seer stones people would recruit him to try to find things with the stones he already had all this let's build on it and then later we can wean him off of it so it's exactly like that. You, you start with what you have, and then you um, you just build on it, and eventually you can leave. And I certainly believe in a God who works that way. Yeah, it just makes sense. It's a great story. Um, I, I just think we should embrace it. I think so, too. And in eight hours and 15 minutes, I'm going to be at the Interstate Center meeting with the Institute Director. Mm-hmm. And on the agenda, one of the one of the items on the agenda is, is difficult topics and mm-hmm. on the li- and how to deal with them in seminary. Mm-hmm. And one of the topics is Book of Mormon translation. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna What are you gonna What are you gonna say? I don't know. I mean, we because I only teach half the days. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always know exactly what we're talking about with the kids because I'm only with them half the time. The way right. we The way we schedule seminary in our ward. I do think that these things are important. Um, I, I brought in the three different versions, or four, depending on how you count, of the first vision to talk about. And the kids were like, ugh, this again? We did this in, we did this in Sunday school with Tony. So, which was, I thought was awesome yeah, that, that, that they already knew about it. Um, I mean, I, I assumed the kids in our ward would know there was more than one version. I, I didn't know they would have already read them. Okay, I actually don't know about this. Oh, uh-huh. hey, we should you should talk to your son more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I will. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think I made him into a nice looking PDF. I could send it to you. Okay, yeah, that'd be but, great. But uh, the one we have in the Pearl of Great Price, I want to say, is the third version that was put to paper, mm-hmm. um, including a version that he started and never got very close to finishing. So there, there are. Let me see if I remember correctly. There's the first version. Um, the second unfinished version, the version we have in the Pearl of Great Price, and then two nearly identical versions that were r- written about the same time in letters to people. And Oh, so that's five, actually, mm-hmm. assuming I'm remembering correctly. What are their significant differences? Yes, okay. yes. There isn't always God and the Son. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just one person. Sometimes there are angels that show up. Sometimes the devil comes first. Sometimes he doesn't. Uh, sometimes it, they're, they're quite different. Um, and I don't... Like I was saying, like I don't have a hard time reconciling these things because no. the way I my faith is, but also to me, the way my memory works, that's pretty much how my memory works. Right, that's pretty human. <laughs> but what I was telling the kids in seminary is, is the reason I think this is significant, or one of the reasons I think it's significant, is it tells us just how hard it is to understand the things of God. 
where Joseph Smith had this remarkable experience that in a very real way his entire life revolves around. And he doesn't hardly talk about it all for a long time, probably because he doesn't know how. Mm -hmm. And when he does start talking about it, he talks about it in wildly different ways, which makes sense to me. Like, how do you even explain something like that? Like, how do you explain color to a dog? Right. Right? <laughs> so I, it, it makes sense to me that they would be different. And, and I think having the multiple versions is great and helps us triangulate the truth. I would kind of love it if more than one version was canonized. Yeah, the version that we use in the on the mission field though is just so fantastic. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. that version. It's it's well written. It's the best written one. Yeah. And you really just it really captures it. personality mm -hmm. and it's really moving. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely the best one. There's yeah. no there's no question about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it's just familiarity saying that. I really think it's the best one. Mm -hmm. But I can't separate familiarity, so it could be. What other Topics do we have to say? What else do we have to say about on this subject? For me, I really think it's important that um, we not only see the seer stone. I'm so glad the photo exists, but that we recognize that it was part of a tradition. And um, one of the one of the difficulties of being religious in our era is um, we are a very secular and scientific era. Uh, I think that sort of the natural, at least in my opinion, that this could be more my personality than and and within the culture we live in. But I, I think my my natural default is probably like more atheistic, and faith is a choice I make. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's really helpful to see how we can be good members of the church and good saints and good believers. Um, in an age that is sort of naturally atheistic, just like it was possible to be good saints in an era that was inherently magical and believed in things that we think are ludicrous. And we do think it's ludicrous. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think we can all agree that when the saints were baptizing people to help them overcome colds and, like, taking everybody who was sick and baptizing them in the same water, like, I think we can agree that was a bad idea. I don't see that coming back ever. Um <laughs> and I really believe that the scientific mindset helps us understand God better and all true things help us understand the nature of the world and God both. Boy, it's a pretty stone, isn't it? It's so beautiful. Makes me want one.